You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott. Brian, what do you remember about the first day of school? Uh, no. Just the jet. I don't mean anyways, any specific year. I just mean an overall feeling. Uh, you know, tension, a mixture of sadness <laughs> and excitement, I guess. You know, it depends what year we're talking. If it's like youthful school, it's like something fun about you go get your supplies and, you know... Go get your pens and your trapper keeper and your folders. <laughs> but then you got You don't strike me at all as a trapper keeper guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had binders. Every year I feel like was the year I was going to like rededicate myself to organization, you know? And then every year was a disaster. Right. Pretty quickly there and after. Well, right. I feel like schools don't do a great job of either teaching you organizational skills yeah they just don't teach them so if you're not born with them you're just you know yeah i always had some new idea this year was going to be binders then folders then notebook with pouches something that was this is the key the tool that's going to unlock this dormant organized human being that just didn't exist (laughs) and still doesn't exist that lives within you yeah Right, it doesn't exist because nobody taught it to you, and you're not that way naturally, and you just had to figure your own stuff out. Right, I just don't yeah. have those skills. Well, it's for the Giants. Today is the first day of school. They reported to camp. Right. They're there. Right, they've got their know? new haircuts. Somebody's wearing a new shirt that people are right. razzing him about. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did something. All right, Kenny Galladay's got his new contract, so maybe he's got a little bling on that people are noticing. Right, somebody got a nicer car that they drove in with, or a worse car, who knows. Um, Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, there's definitely, like, Daniel Jones is walking in, probably like business as usual. (laughs) Same with Galladay. You know, Austin Mack is tense. You know, he's erring on the side of, like, you know, the kid who just is like, oh, my trapper keeper looks great today, but in a week I know <laughs> right. that my backpack's going to be full of papers. Right. He's so, got like Willie Mays Hayes energy of, uh, you know, I hope yeah. this goes well. Yeah. Right, right, right. So uh, a lot of emotions very likely swirling in East Rutherford this morning, but that's a good thing because the Giants are back. We're getting ready for the season. And what kind of season shall it be? Uh, One thing I'm pretty excited about is I'm excited for year two of Joe Judge. Not because I feel like it's going to enhance consistency, although I do. Not because I think that he's going to be even better than his somewhat impressive uh, rookie head coaching performance, though I do. Uh, What I probably like the most is that there definitely, I think, will be less stories about... Joe Judge's approach to conditioning, Joe Judge's approach to tackling, Joe Judge sliding in the mud, you know, does Joe Judge smile? All those stories, I think we got them out of the way last year. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that was so annoying, just the whole thing. And like reading, trying to gauge, does this guy know what he's doing by these little nuggets of practice, uh, whatever? And is he going to wear the socks a certain length and you know, right. all, all that kind of crap? Right, we know who this guy is now. He is who he is. The players know who he is. He's established whatever he felt he needed to establish. Like that, he's not brand new. Yeah, I actually I listened to him. He did an interview with Patricia Trena. Do you know is is Patricia Trena? Is she Jimmy Trena's sister? I have no idea. I've I've never put that together. But you are right that that is uh, a thing. They have the same last name. <laughs> they have the same last name, and I don't know. I mean, neither one of them listens to this, so I don't really know why I would be afraid to say it, but they're both more or less void of personality, <laughs> at least in how they speak on their podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't have a rocking good time like we do on this podcast. But, um, well, anyhow, uh, she interviewed Joe Judge, and it was not exactly a hard-hitting interview. But even Judge talked about it. 
like he thinks the biggest difference this year is going to be that he knows the players and their personality and he knows the best ways to communicate with them and vice versa. And so it's not just, you know, the media getting to know Joe judge and reporting on all kinds of silly things, but probably we're going to be a little faster and more efficient with the evaluation process of players. Um, Obviously, because there's just a lot of advantages being in year two. Um, Now, Patricia Trana sold this as a hard-hitting interview where she was going to ask the tough questions. <laughs> I really... You didn't get that. <laughs> I wasn't sold on that. I feel like her, like, the lead-up to the the big, the final question, the, the last level of the bosses in the Kung Fu video game that she had to pass was she asked Joe Judge what he thought of... Did you, so did you hear about the Deion Sanders thing where at a press conference, because he coaches at... Um, and H- HBC and uh, somebody called him Dion yeah. and he walked out of the press conference because it's not respectful or whatever. So that was her hard hitting question was what, what if someone calls you Joe? What did he, he say? Was like, like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like as long as you're like addressing me generally respectfully, you can call me Joe coach, whatever. He's like, you know, when I was at Alabama, sometimes I would call Nick Saban coach. Sometimes I'd call him Nick. It kind of depended on the context and how urgently I needed his attention. And, you know, who cares? Yeah. So that was the hard-hitting question. <laughs> that was the main event. That's what, you know, if you stayed around for the full 32 minutes, that was your payoff. <laughs> so my question to you is, I bring that up because my question to you is, what are some questions you wish Patricia Trana had asked Joe Judge? I was going to ask you when you were teeing that up, like what it, what it's what is the hard hitting questions for Joe Judge? Like what does Joe Judge need to answer to? So, question one: What are your thoughts, feelings, and emotions regarding Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett? Like why is Jason Garrett still the offensive coordinator for the Giants? Right. What do you see in Jason Garrett that made you want him as your offensive coordinator? Right. How would you how would you describe your relationship with Jason Garrett? What benchmarks do you expect him to hit this year for the offense? Um, you know how much leash does he have? I I, mean, I could list probably twenty five questions I would have on Jason Garrett, and not a single question was asked about Jason Garrett. Yeah, you know I was listening to um, uh, what's it called? Simmons had uh, Jack O on to talk about the Yankees, and. Uh, Jack O was saying something that you and I have been saying on this podcast for quite some time, whereas the New York media has kind of lost its teeth. It doesn't go after people the same like it used to. And then Simmons said that uh, Jack O and John, because they're, but they were mostly talking about Aaron Boone and how they wanted him fired. And, um, and Simmons said that uh, Jack O and, and that whoever that New York guy they have is John, just whatever. Yeah, should be the ones to to make that happen. Although I am not super confident that uh, old JJ has the uh, has the juice to get that done. I think you and I have just as good a shot to right. get Jason Garrett fired as he does to get Aaron Boone fired. Well, that's interesting. I don't know that I. I think I. Th- I mean, I think there's some truth to that. I, I don't know. One, I'm going to say this. I'm super excited that the Giants are back. I'm excited for training camp. I'm excited for that we get to talk about the Giants. I feel like last week, I think we both can acknowledge we didn't really want to be here doing our show. <laughs> we didn't Correct, talk about yeah. And we grounded out an hour of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but today, the Giants are back. You know, Jason Garrett is definitely still a little bit of the turd in the punch bowl of this Giants season. But I am... Somewhere between the draft and here we are, our first day of training camp, I have flipped into real enthusiasm for this Giants team. I am excited for this Giants team. I think this Giants team is going to be good. I think they're going to answer a lot of questions. I think they have spent, you know, they they floundered around trying to fix the end of the Eli Manning era. And it was a total failure. And I think since they finally put the stake in the ground that they had to build something new. And I think Judge has been a big part of it, of making better personnel decisions. 
I am looking forward to seeing this year's Giants team play football. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So sell me because I am an enormous skeptic. I think the defense has players all over the place. Um, It was good last year. I think they should be better this year. Um, You know, had a good draft on defense. I like the pass rusher they got. I think I like the signings they made. I think Dexter Lawrence will be even better. I think uh, McKinney is coming back from an injury. He'll be more of a factor. I think their secondary is going to be a true strength. And I think on defense, I think I like every part of the defense. I mean, I think linebackers were still a little weak there, but Blake Martinez is really good in the middle. And then on offense, I think Daniel Jones is going to be good this year. Uh, I think... The offensive line is going to be good enough. They are really young, and I expect them to take a jump. I think we have a lot of weapons. Um, And then I do think Joe Judge is the real deal. Um, You know, part of me is like, I'm not basing that on a ton of results, um, but I really get the feeling he is. Like, you know what's really the thing that sold me into? I listened to that, speaking of podcast, that interview with him on Flying Coach right, with Peter Schweiger and Sean McVay. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yes, right, where he, they were plugging <laughs> it that he was so funny. And I, I don't know why there is this like it, this uh, media interest in describing Joe Judge as funny. He isn't funny, like, at all. No. He's, like, more of a human being, I guess, than maybe that original. But I think his the, the original impression he gave is the right one of who he is, right? Like, Agreed. He's super intense. Like enough of a human to connect to people and you can see why players would respond to him, but not uh, funny. <laughs> right. Not somebody I want to get a beer with. Like, Correct. Not yeah. Someone I want to be friends with, but like somebody that I want that would be my football coach. Yes. Like someone I think can get the best out of human beings. But anyway, what I was so struck by is Sean McVay is on this thing and he's obviously the much more, um, accomplished coach and i just felt listening to it that like joe judge had the gravitas in that conversation that sean mcveigh was very much um you know i i don't want i hate saying what i'm about to say but like the alpha in the conversation (laughs) was joe judge you know it felt like he was the dominant figure and like i just get this feel about this guy that he um has that thing um that the Giants have been lacking the last few iterations of their head coaches. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I and I, you know, I'm I'm very excited now that we're together. <laughs> we're aligned on Joe Judge. Um, I really love both of my my two favorite New York coaches in in Judge and Tibbs. And I feel like you were an early skeptic of both men. Now we are aligned on both men. And that brings me an inner peace <laughs> go, going into the season. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I agree with you about Judge. What is giving you confidence? At least, and I understand, I think, I think you're right about the defense. And, you know, I think you always worry when your defense is the strongest unit on your team. Like, defense is the area where it's easiest to regress because, well, there's just a lot of reasons for that. But we also got better. We were really good last year. We get McKinney back. We got a new corner. We drafted that guy in the third round, who I also think is going to be pretty good. So it's not just that we kind of stayed pat. is that we had a good defense and we got better. Right. So I agree with you. I agree with you there. Uh Explain to me a little bit more about why you're confident or feeling confident about the offensive line. I wouldn't say confident. And that's the one, that's the unit I have the most question marks about. I just think Andrew Thomas was so improved the second half of the year. And I think he'll be much better and that'll make a big difference. I think we have two of the young guards who have been, you know, in Lemieux and Hernandez. Hernandez has been a disappointment, but he's still a young enough guy where, um, you know, I think it's not crazy to think he might play better this year. And at each position, we do have some veteran backups that I think could step in and do, you know, whether it's Solder, there's a guard we signed who's, who's a longtime starter. I forget his name now. Um, 
But we've got some depth there that should those young guys falter, we can pop guys in and not be horrendous. So I'm assuming a big a big step forward from Andrew Thomas. And combined with the improved weapons we have, I think they'll do a good enough job. Um, and if we could have a middle-of-the-pack offensive line, I think we'll have a good offense. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. Because, yeah, I always feel like there's teams that you they're good teams or they're, you know, playoff contenders. And you hear, well, you know, their offensive line stinks. And I'm always thinking, well, so does ours. And it feels like it's impossible to do anything with a bad offensive line. And yet Seattle, I mean, you know, Russell Wilson makes up for a lot of that. But right. Um, and, and some of it's got to be scheme. Is Hernandez, was he drafted the same year as Daniel Jones, or is he a year further along? No, yeah, he was the second round pick. Okay, the, the same year, year we drafted Daniel Jones. Yes, Daniel this Jones. is his third year. Okay, so he's not quite yet playing for a contract. No, but he's definitely playing for his for his future. His job, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's probably pretty good. And I like the center. I think the center is going to be a good player. Yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, last year, same thing. Last year, brand new, never played center before. Has to learn how to snap, set the protections, all that stuff. So he's in year two. Yeah. So that'll be a lot better. Okay. Pert? Pert, again, big, talented prospect who in year two could be a lot better. And again, if he really falters, we do have Solder there. You know, I don't know what to expect from him necessarily, but... If that was like he was a good player. He's been a good player in the NFL. Like maybe at right tackle, you know, he can get back to being a competent player if if we need him to be. Um, you know, I, I just think we can probably get average play at that right tackle spot. Hopefully, yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah, I, I forgot too about Solder. That'll be good. You know, especially too, like last year was almost a year off for him. It's not like he got COVID. He just sat out for. Yeah. I mean, look, he was terrible the the first year we had him. So it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to overstate it. Like, oh, Nate Solder's back. So we're saved. But you're talking about a guy who's going to be like a backup swing tackle. He at least gives me some confidence that if Pert totally flames out, there's a veteran player there who's played a lot of football and played really well in his career. And yeah, it's coming off a year where he got to just rest up and work out and, you know, maybe he's ready to rebound. I guess too, it's really interesting how the offensive line finished the year last year better than they started it, considering all the drama that you had in that room, right? Because of the whole Colombo incident. And then Dave DeGuliamo comes in and he's not really... He has had a, a very strange history. Uh, he definitely has a history of rubbing people the wrong way. And so all that chaos in that room this year, from everything I'm, I'm reading, the new guy, Rob Sale, and it has you know impressed a lot of people. And uh, Pat Flaherty is back in the building. He was the offensive line coach in the Coughlin era which is probably the golden age of Giants offensive lines. Yeah, for sure. Um, And he came in. So one of the things that Judge said in that interview was that uh, Pat Flaherty came in and Judge had allotted two hours for them to talk, and they talked for eight hours about football. So I feel like there's definitely better alignment there with what we're going to try and get out of the offensive line. So, all right. And Daniel Jones. Describe your your confidence to me. Explain to me why I too should be confident. I'm going to say this about Daniel Jones because, I, I, with the acknowledgement up front that that there's a large part of what I'm about to say that is just this is a thing that I want to be true. <laughs> <laughs> and the stakes are low. Nobody listens to us. Nobody's going to rub it in my face when this does. If this doesn't come true, I think Daniel Jones is going to be like the story of the NFL this year or like a story like Daniel Jones is going to be like, not, I'm not going to say Josh Allen was last year, but like that, that's what I think Daniel Jones is going to do this year. Wow. Okay. 
And so what is having you feel this way? Is it just wishful thinking or have there been little breadcrumbs that you've been picking up in the last couple of months? You know, it's definitely just, it's a lot of it's just wish casting, but I just <laughs> think the guy, I just think we all, I think he came in and it was such a shock they picked him. It was such a disappointment. It was so panned universally. It was like, you've got, this is just so ridiculous. And then he comes in and he's way better than anybody thought he was going to be, you know, both preseason. Then I think that first season had a good solid rookie year, even though I know advanced metrics didn't love what he did. Like he had a lot of very good games. I think he was better than anybody expected him to be. So last year, I think there were expectations. um, And he he was really disappointing. And I just think everybody overreacted and it was like, okay, now, we were right the first time he was, he stunk. And I just think the guy is really talented. I think physically people really underrate him. Um, he's got a big arm. He's really fast. And by all accounts, he really cares. He really try. you know, he works his ass off. Um, again, judge that, you know, judge, I, when I was listening to him, you know, in that one show I listened to, like, he did kind of acknowledge that like when that whole thing about when he wasn't going to say his name early on, you know, like he really hadn't, <laughs> oh, right. he didn't know him. He didn't know anything about him. And so he really was, he, it was kind of what we thought it was like. He, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to like knock him, but he wasn't going to come out and be like, I came here cause I love Daniel Jones. And yeah, he, he, he hadn't seen him much and he, and he wasn't, you know, Gonna, I think he was like, I'm not going to lock myself into Daniel Jones. Yeah. And to see him totally 180, you know, now like he's in bed with it. He's married to the guy. Like if Daniel Jones stinks, Joe Judge is going to have a tr- tough time have being in a successful head coach for the Giants. You know, like I don't know. He's going to have a tough time. Even if the franchise decides, OK, it's jo- it's Jones's fault. We were wrong about him. You know, like that Joe Judge is in bed with him now. And so that gives me a lot of confidence. And I just think he's physically really talented. Um, and I think in year two of this system and with Judge and with non-COVID everything and a full off season and a regular preseason, um, better weapons, I just think he's going to have a really good year. So then what's your level of concern about Jason Garrett then? Again, you know, I think it's like a problem, but I I feel like what makes me not worried that much about it is we're not, we're, look, it's Joe Judge's offense. Again, like Jason Garrett is going to call the plays you know, he's brought guys, I think judges brought guys in that he wants consulting on the offense. Like, I just think um, it's going to be his system. And so whatever Jason Garrett's influence is, um, I don't know. I'm not that, I think it can be overcome. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just guess I don't think like Jason Garrett is just this like poison pill that cannot be... Um, overcome no matter what you know that he's so bad that under no circumstances can we have a good offense with him involved (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah no I agree with that I just think that I feel like he's not a kind the kind of play caller that he's gonna take a group that's not really good and make them better I agree with you that whatever group he's got they're gonna play to their talent level now that works in our favor if you're right about the offense. But if the line is shaky, then I feel like we could have a problem. We could definitely have a problem. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you the optimist <laughs> take. We could have big problems, right? This line okay. could stink. Daniel Jones could be terrible. He could be fumbling stink. all over the place and be basically what he was last year. I'm just saying I don't think so. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is with one, you know, what is the likelihood that Garrett will be stripped of his play calling duties mid-season? 
I'm going to say a three. Yeah, I, I would say I would have said a two and a half. Yeah. And that's uh, that's a, a worrying number to me. Here's here's my question. How does and, and we'll get back to other things in a second. But I, and I know I talk way too much about this. This is honest. This is obviously my pet peeve. I just can't get over it. And it's it's, it's I take it as a personal insult <laughs> that Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. But what is the end game here? You know what I mean? Are are we in for a decade of Jason Garrett calling plays? Or is it to set him up for a head coaching job? Because that's not going to happen. Yes, it will. (laughs) You think Jason Garrett will get another head coaching job in the NFL? Absolutely. If Jason Garrett, if the Giants have a good offense this year and Daniel Jones is a good quarterback... 100% Jason Garrett will get another job as a head coach. Jason Garrett was a head coach for 10 years. He made the playoffs like three times. He had a, I think he only had like a losing record, you know, a handful of times. Like he's got a good record uh, as a coach. Like I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's a good coach. Um, I'm just saying you know, he has, it's not a bad record. That's fair. There's a ton of French. Think about, I mean, freaking Pat Shermer got a second chance, you know, like, (laughs) and we gave it to him. Like, that's true. Jason Garrett as a head coach is 85 and 67 with three playoff appearances. Like, hell yeah, he's going to get another shot. In he, He was a coach. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, ten years. He had one losing season. One in ten seasons. What, what year was that? Twenty fifteen. They went four and twelve. Okay. From two thousand fourteen on, they went twelve and four, four and twelve, thirteen and three, nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight. And made the playoffs three times in those six years. He's going to get if if the Giants are good on offense this year, Jason Garrett's name will get thrown around a lot. Well, (laughs) then I really hope we're awesome. Like, me too. Get him out of here. I don't. I'm not like telling you he's great. Although I do feel like he. It's like some of it is unfair. It's like there's just something about the way he looks and it's like the clapping, you know, it just seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like that nickname, the clapper, it's like, what is it? What, what does other coaches do? You know, like, right. If he did what? Like if he made other facial expressions, <laughs> like if he, if he did more like fist pumping, like, ah, then yeah, that's, that's a, that's a ball coach. Like it's a little bit superficial. Um, you know people's criticisms of him although and again but i mean saying all that like i don't think there's any doubt that there's no there's a feeling that his team's totally underachieved the entire time that he was in dallas like it's just i mean it's hard to view it any other way yeah and i get it the whole clapper thing it is it's i'm not even a clapper guy that's not my go-to i don't think i usually call him the clapper on this but my problem with him is he stinks. I mean, our <laughs> offense was putrid. Yeah, it was yeah. awful. awful. It was it was both uncreative and ineffective. I agree. And and yeah, he's a Dallas Cowboy. We I'm tired. Don't tell me he's a giant. He's not a giant. Right. And it, I'm insulted that I have to be told that, and I don't like him. And I'm never going to like it. No, I agree. I mean, I think success is we have a great year this year and the Bengals hire him. You know, that's like a perfect (laughs) team for him to go. Or the Texans want him. I was thinking the Texans, actually. um, Somebody else. Somebody like that is, you know, um, San Diego. (laughs) I don't know. They interviewed him. I'm sure they did. Uh, <laughs> the Giants were very worried we were going to lose. Right, them. I think that's best case scenario. I think it's quite. I think it's very possible. 
We were worried about losing the coordinator of the 31st best offense right. in the NFL last year. <laughs> like, man, got to hold on to this guy. All right. No, I agree. All right, fine. I guess. I see that. So what's our path to destruction? That Daniel Jones does not make a leap. That the offensive line is terrible. That the play calling sucks. You know who else has got a big year on the horizon? Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ton of guys. I mean, ton of guys, right? Saquon's got to be awesome this year. Like, he's got to be great. But I'm just saying, it's been a terrible run, man. It's been horrible. Decisions were made. Mistakes have been made. You get a, I'm getting a feeling, you can feel it with the Giants, that the Giants think they're on the verge of something. Like, there's no doubt about it. There was an interview with John Mayer in the Post today. He feels it. Like, he he was as, you know, candid as John Mayer ever gets. Like, knowing talk is cheap, blah, blah, blah. And and and, and I'll also say I don't, I don't care at all what John Mayer thinks about any player on the roster or what he thinks about the state of the roster. I don't put any value in that opinion. Like, I don't think he knows any more than I do about whether they're going to be good or bad this year. I'm just saying you can feel it as they open camp that the Giants think this is that they that they have pushed the boulder up the hill and that this is the year that they return to being a good team. And I believe them. As we open camp today, first day of camp, I agree. I think that's right. Okay. All right. I feel like you <laughs> turned me a little bit. <laughs> So you're you're pounding the over. Yeah. And you pick us to win the division. I think we're going to win the division. We have a tough schedule. I think but the I guess- Giants are going to be a little bit of a story this year. You know, like and again, like and kind of like the Bills were last year, but not maybe not to the degree. I don't think we'll be as good as them. I don't think Daniel Jones will be as good as Josh Allen. But that kind of thing. Like Right, so just dial down a touch or two. Yes. Yeah. And last year was Josh Allen's third year, right? Correct. So, yeah, he's the gold standard of the third-year quarterback leap, I suppose, which is, you know, what we need. I do feel better now that I've spoken to you. I guess you're right. I mean, the thing is is that if Judge is for real, and I do deeply believe that Judge is for real, we do have enough talent on the team where if you have a real-deal coach, you're going to make something – of that talent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's hard to square. It's hard to think both those things at the same time that judge is the real deal. And we're not going to be good this year. Like, yeah. because then, yeah. then he isn't right. Like, I mean, unless Daniel Jones is just like terrible, but I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to think is possible. Um, but I do think he's talented enough. Like, I, I think the question with Daniel Jones is like, is he actually good? You know, like, I I think he is talented. Like, how good is he? I don't know. And I'm not that, you know, I think there's very, very possible that you're talking about a guy who tops out at like the 15th best quarterback in the league. I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty surprised if it turned out he literally is like not a starter or is the 28th best quarterback in the league. That would be, I would be surprised at this point. Right. Okay. If you told me he's yeah. never going to be like top five, that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, like, um, but if you tell me like, he's going to just be what he was last year and that's, that's as good as he can do. I would be surprised. Well, there was, I mean, the year he got drafted, there was a lot of uh, Tannehill comparisons that got, that were thrown around there. And that was before he kind of had his renaissance with the Titans. So at the time, I was like, oh, my God, Ryan Tannehill. Now, if he turns out to be Ryan Tannehill, which he could be, I'd be like, okay. Right, great. Yeah, that'd be We can do something with that. That'd be fabulous. Yeah. yeah. We got Saquon to his Derrick Henry. And, you know, we now we have Galladay. All right. You made me feel a little bit better. I will say, like, the one thing that does scare me about Jason Garrett is, is like, Saquon. Like, can we be smart about Saquon? Like, don't be – it's not, oh, we have Saquon run on first down, run on second down. <laughs> like, no, we have Saquon, like split him out, roll, throw him a screen. Like you well, see, I think that's where you're going to lose him. Use him smartly. 
and creatively. Right. Get him in matchups. Yeah. No, he's running behind the guards. <laughs> that's that's what he's doing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, that would be very disappointing. I mean, you had me. You you I was turning the corner. I was with I was like, okay, all right. I got in your wake. You know, we made the big turn. And I still I still believe in most of what you just sold me on. But Saquon Barkley is running behind the guard this year. You're you're crazy. You think we're doing anything other than that. You're not. Well, they gotta use this guy. Like Saquon, man, he's gotta be like I want him in the MVP conversation, or I'm gonna be disappointed in his output this year. Absolutely. I, I I wish people actually would stop talking about how he's on the pup list to start camp. Like, of course he is. We know that he like you know. Right. He's coming off a ridiculous injury. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, he's running behind the guards. Everything else you got me on. Everything else, I'm with you. All right, so this is exciting. So, uh, you know, even by the time we're finished recording this, there's going to be a whole list of quotes and such coming from uh, camp and, you know, who's getting ready and, and, and all that. Uh, so, all right, that's good. That's exciting. On Thursday, well, let me, let me read an ad actually first. Uh, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Your support keeps us going. Thank you for listening. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributor contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. You want me to do that other ad that I think we're supposed to do we haven't been doing? Yes, please. <laughs> Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by ProCare Biomedical Repair, offering little or no cost medical braces. More information is available at 844-598-6639. What's a medical brace? Is it like a brace for your knee or something? Legs, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. They so I guess it could be any. The best in the business, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Bra- proud sponsor. Right. I wonder since since we're doing ad reads for them, if we can get a knee brace for my wife. Maybe. Yeah. We should reach out to them about that. <laughs> Let's get our interns on that. Right. Not anymore. We can't get it. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Brian. Is the draft Thursday? Thursday night is the NBA's draft. The NBA draft is upon us. The Knicks hold two picks. I know a lot of people are hoping that it'll become one, two become one. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think they're going to do? I have no idea. Like, I get in the sense they're going to maybe try to move up and draft somebody. But I don't know if they'll be able to. So I think the plan is to try and move up. And if they don't do that, then that probably means that nobody would do it. Okay. So you think if they don't trade up, it'll just be, they didn't, they couldn't make it. It won't offer. be for a lack of trying is my guess. And if they do move up, what's their intention? I, I don't know. Like, it sounds like could be a lot of different guys. Um, so funny how definitive everyone is, you know, it's like, oh, they're moving up. It's, and then you hear eight different names, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, they need a guard. Then I saw somebody, there was a center that they could take and I, that would seem surprising, but you know, obviously they need a wing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I saw that thing about them taking a center. Yeah. That would be like, what, why are we doing that? Um, yeah, I, you know, I've been a little checked out on this because I do feel like if we hold firm with our picks, I'm not going to know who on earth they're drafting anyway. So I don't even know that I'll be able to form an opinion. Yeah. And I also, I feel the same way. Like I haven't been following it just because there's nothing they can do that like will make me that angry. Like, it's funny this whole off season. I'm just like, there's things that are proposed that I wouldn't do. Like we talked about Colin Sexton and I wouldn't do, but I would get excited about the next day. Like if they sign Lonzo ball, I'll, 
I'd be like, eh, I want to know about that. But I, the next day I'd be like, all right, that'd be great. You know, <laughs> like um, if they trade it up, I'd get... be like, I don't know. But whoever they got, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Like, What if they get both Sexton and Ball like uh, our friend Matt was proposing today? I mean, that'd be pretty interesting. Like um, that's a pretty interesting backcourt, right? Like kind of fits. I mean, uh, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't love it. I mean, I will say this. It's like two pretty big it's pretty big swings that might not work. Um, right. Like if we're going to take those kind of swings, I'd like to feel better about it. On the other hand, those are two good players. Like we'd be a much improved team. Yeah. Okay. And you could probably acquire both without having to give up that much, right? I mean, Lonzo would just be money. And Sexton would be like Obi and and a pick. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing I'm most excited about for the draft is not even so much the player, because I'm probably not going to know whoever it is we take. But um, I think at that point, once the uh, I'm sorry, once the Knicks draft somebody, then I think that they've sort of will have a better idea of what they're going to try and do this offseason or what their strategy is to unfold. Like if they take a guard. That'll answer some questions. If they take a, you know, a defensive-minded wing, I think that means that, you know, we think we have a good shot at landing a guard elsewhere in free agency or through trades. So I guess that what I'm most excited about for the draft is what it might end up revealing about what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I totally like. I'm excited because I think something's going to happen. Either we're like we're going to make a trade, or um, it's definitely going to reveal like wh- where their heads at as far as the path forward. You know, yeah. I was looking at it. It'd be so funny that the rumored trade that the Cavs would be interested in for Colin Sexton was, I think, Obi Knox and like our ninth, the nineteenth pick or whatever. Yeah, and you're just like. What? Why would they really make that? Tr- you know, everybody just seems to think that's like a foregone conclusion. Like, if you're Cleveland, like, what a weird trade. <laughs> because, right. like, you picked Sexton over Knox in that same draft. Correctly. Sexton, right, Sexton's been way better than Knox. <laughs> then you picked Okora over Obi in that draft. Right. So now you're, you're trading us, like... You're getting those two guys you passed on for the guy you correctly picked and the 19th pick in the draft, which is like not that great of a thing. So like right lower, lower than any of the picks that were used to acquire all of the players we mentioned by name. So far. right. And seemingly both of the players of ours that you passed on have not been good. <laughs> and yet you would be acquiring them after seemingly wisely passing on them even though i I, you know i believe in obi i like obi i think he's gonna be really good but that would just be such a weird thing to do well also the thing about obi is that he went to dayton so there's sort of a built-in ohio fan base for him right i guess like from a competitive standpoint it makes no sense but if it's like you know how do you sell this to your fan base or whatever i feel like obi and his dayton ties help with that right but you're 100 percent right right it's like we'll give you it's just a fan that's a fantasy trade we'll give you one good player for a collection of not good players right. there's just more of them so it's enticing yeah yeah i i mean the salaries and i mean i, I think obi's a legit prospect it's just specifically weird for it to be cleveland who could have had all the you know what i mean like it's one thing if it was a team that didn't have a chance at OB. Like, it's just like, right, right. You guys could have said no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now they're going to give us one of the few things that have gone right for them. I don't know. I don't understand what these GMs think. I'll personally pay them out of my own checking account just to take Knox. (laughs) So I never have to hear about him again. Yeah. Just to not have to have the conversation. Right. Knox and Frank, Who's hurt in the Olympics? Frank's injured. Did he play in that in that France victory over the U.S.? <laughs> no, he was hurt. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
I guess I should have known because Nick's Twitter would have exploded. I know. Also, I thought at first it was like a just a DNP coach's decision. I was gonna be like, man, if if Frank can't even <laughs> crack that France rotation, then I mean, what are we talking about here? But right. he was hurt. So, but so did not contribute to that victory. No, did not. Was not a part yeah. of it. He's not the reason that Damian Lillard had a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Frank Nilakita, Olympic gold medalist, is that would it's that's a, that's the right level of accomplishment <laughs> for him. That's where right. he belongs. I would say Olympic bronze medalist is actually <laughs> 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 that fits. That's like fits like a glove. Yeah, I think it'd be difficult for me to be disappointed in the upcoming Knicks season if I didn't have to argue with a single person about Frank Nilakita or Kevin Knox. <laughs> Well, I think happen. it's very possible that that'll happen. I mean, I do oh, think this yeah. offseason is going to be underwhelming. My my hunch is the Knicks are going to take two players. I think they're going to miss out on Lowry. I think they're going to miss out on Chris Paul. I don't think they're going to trade for Bradley Beal. Like, isn't that your sense? Don't you feel like yes. they're going to, I think they're going to draft two guys and they're going to add some type of somebody as a point right. guard. I don't know who really, but, or I think they'll draft, they could draft one guy, but it'll also, it'll just be someone whose name I've read. Right. As opposed to somebody who I've never heard of, but it'll be nobody that I'm like, Oh my God, we got him. You know, like that'll just be, cause they're going to, if they trade up, it'll be to like 10 or something. Yeah. Might not yeah. even, it might be more like 13 or 14. Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. But I'm also totally fine with that. And I don't even mean like, I'm fine. I'm fine. What are you, what are you talking about? I'm fine. How am I, am I not, do, I look, do I look fine? Right. You know, I'm not like that. Like, it would be fine with me because I liked the team we rooted for last year. I want us to be an improved team this year. But I also don't want to gut the whole house. I think it's got good bones. Yeah. So, yeah. I would be all right if we got just Sexton even. If we could get Sexton and get rid of Knox in the same move, I might buy a Sexton jersey. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll make t-shirts that say, let's have Sexton. Well, when Kevin Knox accepts his most improved player award next year, <laughs> I'm going to get you a signed Kevin Knox jersey. <laughs> Only if it's a Cleveland jersey. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many interesting things percolating around the NBA, but it's like there's so many. I mean, the NBA is just like there's rumors in the other sport, but man, there's nothing like the NBA offseason of just Beal's going to request a trade. Lillard's going to request a trade. And then, you know, and then things inevitably do happen, but like, you know, they don't always either. It's all a lot of time spent talking about things that like may not happen at all. You know, I saw what's his name? Shay. What's that guy's name? Gilgius Alexander. SGA. Yeah. Yeah. He's maybe on the block. Um, and someone, I saw some guy was posing like whether the Knicks should trade like Julius Randall and a bunch of picks to get SGA. What? I know. I don't get, why would you do that? Like he, Randall's a better player than he is. I guess he's younger. Is that yeah? The... But like Randall and a bunch of picks, I would only do for like I don't even know Anthony Davis. Right. I I like, know. I know. Right. Like what what does that do for us? Then I know like him and RJ would be a nice young tandem to build around, but like. Right. What Randall's is really... also a nice young player. Like, you I mean, Randall's I... Also, he's only like three years old, four years older, I guess. Right. The guy's 26. Yeah. I mean, he's got two contracts left in him, probably. Right. So, yeah, that, that, that'd be crazy to me. Right. I'm, and I, look, I'll admit I haven't watched as enough of him. I know he has great numbers and he did, was really good for the Thunder. Is he that good? Like, is he like. No. Yeah. He can't be because the Thunder weren't that good. Like, basically, we made the playoffs because of Julius Randle. Right. I don't think that the Thunder were, you know, all about him. Yeah, I guess if you look at his shooting, 
was pretty impressive. I don't know. I, I saw something this morning about Schroeder. No That's way. probably the one that would be I would be most upset with. Yeah, no way. Yeah. I don't think we would get him, though, because, you know, I can't say I've watched a lot of Dennis Schroeder, but from what I've seen, he doesn't seem like a Tibbs guy. Yeah, I think he's a better defensive player than you think, um, but I don't know. I don't want Dennis Schroeder. Don't give me Dennis Schroeder. No, I don't want him on the team. I don't want his hair on the team. Right, I don't want that and, little poof of yellow on the team. <laughs> right, and I don't want to say his name. I don't want to say Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, me neither. Or like, if I have to say his name a lot, it's going to be angry. It's like, right. well, then Schroeder, right. you know, <laughs> did something. All right, wow, this is an exciting week. I feel like it's really snuck up on us. And yeah, man, the Giants are back. The Knicks are going to do things. Things are happening. Yeah, it's going to be like, I feel like I've spent the last two weeks, I take my phone out of my pocket, almost like a habit, and then I unlock it and I open it and I'm like, well, I don't even really want to open anything. There's nothing really I'm interested in right now. Yeah, we don't have to talk about the Yankees and why they stink or the Mets and right. how they sneaky stink and <laughs> right 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 they're secretly just as bad as the Yankees they're just in a, a worse division so nobody notices <laughs> <laughs> which isn't real I mean they're playing a little better but it's very funny how the Mets are 53 and 45 and it's like they're in first and doing great <laughs> you know the Yankees <laughs> are 51 and 47 and it's like this is a disgrace. Right. <laughs> disgrace to the city. Fire the manager. They're very similar teams. Flawed yeah. in very similar ways. Um, it's just funny how that works out sometimes. Yep. I More than baseball, I've found myself tuning in to the Olympics. My daughter was totally captivated by the gymnastics. Mine um, too. My children is, both. Yeah. Turned our bed into the, whatever they call it, the freestyle mat. Is that's what my bet is. Now. Yeah, the gymnastics um, is incredible. I mean, it's, it's just you can't get over it. I know. Also, yeah, can we talk <laughs> how what is it's very funny the way the men's gymnast gymnasts are treated, where these are some of the most exceptional athletes in the whole world, and we're all just kind of turned off by them. They're just like creepy <laughs> weirdos, and like their <laughs> outfits are gross, and like their bulbous penises are in our faces, and. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's just like nobody likes it you know like name one american male gymnast i don't know couldn't, couldn't possibly couldn't of the last decade probably none and they're extraordinary human beings i mean the strength they have and it's just somehow unpleasant to watch and it's very interesting the way that it's covered yeah i feel like the olympics kind of draws out some of these sports where you much prefer the women to the men gymnastics figure skating right you know, there's got to be other stuff too. Women's women's gymnastics is definitely that's definitely the 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 summer main event. I mean, I guess track and field is, but I also feel like. Do you feel like is it just because we're old? I don't really know anybody in the Olympics. Like Michael Phelps is gone. You know, is Usain Bolt still in the mix? No, running. <laughs> yeah, no? no, I definitely don't. I mean, you know, again, I think we got on this last week too. Like. We're just older, man. We don't follow it as much as we do. We right. did like we're just not living and breathing it the way you used to, where you watched eight yeah. hours of Sports Center a day and you knew everybody. Um, Although I will say, I did. I was, you know, I go for a long walk every morning, just to clear my thoughts. And while I was on my walk this morning, I got an alert on my phone that Simone Biles is not going to finish her run in the Olympics. And I just stopped short. I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like upset. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's upsetting. What? I know. Why? Right. Why? I mean, <laughs> right. Why? Not only why, but I was sort of in my head. I was like, I mean, this is really letting down America. <laughs> <laughs> we need her. Yeah, I know. She's amazing. Uh, one of the most singular athletes of all time. Like no one like her. Um, also just so perfect for this moment yeah a black a black female athlete who is you know head and shoulders the elite in her sport representing america like this is what 2021 needed yeah and we're being denied right i know and, and then the russians swooped in i know <laughs> 
right. This was probably a plot by the Ruskies. Right. <laughs> they haven't forgotten. Right. They haven't forgotten. They, yeah. I don't know. What do you make of it? Like, I'm so, you know, I, she's, uh, you know, it's like, I don't want to one second criticize Simone Biles. Like she is an extraordinary athlete. She's like, never hasn't lost in anything in like 10 years, you know, like, and in that period was all was like sexually assaulted by her athletic trainer and has carried the weight of that. And, you know, so like she knows her mind, body, whatever, like how could I criticize at the same time? There's some, there's like, we're going to have this awful conversation about it. Like you can already feel the takes percolating. People are like, yeah, it's good. There's no nuance to it. And, you know, it's like, because like there is something like this mental health, you know, like at, you know, handling pressure is part of it and like why athletes are so extraordinary and but but there does feel like we've crossed this threshold of as the money has gotten so high and the the media and social media like athletes the pressure is every generation of athlete i feel like is is now under even more and more and more and more scrutiny and like are we reaching famous younger and younger yeah like are we reaching this kind of boiling point where it's like this might start happening um and, and look, it'd be good if we could ease off on athletes of this, but it's interesting, like, we're just leaving this playoffs, for instance, where Ben Simmons, you know, let's face it, crumbled mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And the way he was treated, and, and he didn't have the uh, a resume like Simone Biles, but he, he certainly got treated very differently than the reaction is to, to what she just, you know, like, and are we going to have an athlete, like, leave the field in a fourth quarter for stress like you know and is that okay and like i don't know like i you know i don't really have an opinion on it it's just like a it's a wild sort of development you know yeah i know and i i hate to be so cold about it and i'll address simone biles in a second but it's sort of those things where we might see that kind of thing happen and it's gonna be interesting because I think we can get to a place where we can say, I'm not going to judge you for this. If you're experiencing that emotionally, we know enough about social emotional health and, and all that to know that this stuff is real, that depression is real, that these things are, are, you know, enormous problems. And I don't, I think it's fair to say, let's not criticize them for that. But I do think it's also fair to be like, but I also don't trust you anymore. Because, and look, for whatever you it, it would be like anything else, you know? I mean, if I had a plumber who had an emotional breakdown fixing my toilet, I would just be like, well, I'm not hiring that guy again. <laughs> right. You know, like, I feel bad for him, but I, you know, yeah, I can't have that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So I think it's going to be interesting to see how we navigate that while we provide empathy for these athletes and, and kind of understand it. But it's also like, well... Yeah, but like I don't trust you moving forward and it's not a judgment on your character or your honesty, but it's like we really 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 yeah, need you. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know or like but can is it okay to 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 say well this athlete could handle it and evaluate them in that way because we certainly have for decades and eons, right? right. Who can handle it right. mentally like and I, you know, I tweeted this earlier today, but like, I just think there were this moment of extraordinary, this extraordinary tension of this sporting culture that like reveres, I'd argue worships an almost sociopathic competitiveness, right? Like the Mamba yeah. mentality right, that is right. so worshiped and yeah. yet it's coming, it's going to buck right into this new understanding of mental health and, yeah, you know, and true. how that plays out is going to be probably gross and awful, but like, I'm fascinated uh, to see it too. Cause like, it's, those are very competing, very ideas that are very much in tension with each other. Totally um, agree. This is going to be the last thing. Cause we have to hop off the air. I just wanted to say though, I, I did see when Simone Biles did her floor routine and she went out of bounds. Did you see that both feet went yes. out of bounds? I was alarmed by that, to be honest with you. It just seemed like so like sloppy, almost like it's not because something happened. She didn't like lose her balance or somewhere in the air. It just seemed like she wasn't quite sure where she was. Right. And she She's thought she off. knew. And so 
just that really stuck with me. I was like, that's really bad. Like, I feel like the announcers were kind of downplaying it. They were like, well, it's Simone Biles, so it'll be fine. But I was like, God, that looked kind of bad. And then so it didn't shock me completely. Like, she might not have been all there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised by it. All right, we're coming up on time, so we got to go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, next week, we'll have all the fallout from the draft and the first week of camp. And sports are back, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening.